0: It's show time everyone. In communal wiki-geeky, freaky tiki room. In communal wiki-geeky, freaky tiki room. Jeff and George say words in the cut at swoon. In communal wiki-geeky, freaky tiki room. Welcome to our podcast hideaway. You're lucky cut at you. You're gonna learn a bit about Rolly Crump today, then we will bid you adieu. Everybody! In community wiki geeky freaky tiki Room, in Communi-Wiki-Geeky-Freaky-Tiki Room, Jeff and George say words in the Cadet swoon. in community wiki geeky freaky tiki Room.
1: Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George.
0: And I'm Jeff, and welcome to our Rolly Crump-themed episode. Now, you're probably asking... Why are these guys having a Rolly Crump-themed episode? I'm well, asking where that theme song came from. I would think we should probably forget about that. I'll apologize for it once, but then we but not will twice. never mention it again. Apologize. Okay. 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 Sorry but for anyways, the theme song. We, we,
1: we are doing a
0: Rolly Crump-themed
1: episode because it's to celebrate, commemorate, exonerate. No, not exonerate. Uh, celebrate the release of its kind of a cute story.
0: Yes. Now, for those of you who have been playing a lie at home for the last 44 other weeks, you may know <laughs> that I have been working with former Imagineer and Disney legend, uh, Rolly Crump, on his biography for like the last two years. And this week, on November 20th, which is probably right now when you're listening to this, hopefully, because you listen to this the day it comes out, don't you? You don't want to disappoint us. Anyway, it comes out today. So it's out right now. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I was right, like, you don't, God, you don't sound excited, George. Sorry. I was supposed to be excited. I was like, what? Huh? Huh? Sorry. Huh? Huh? sorry. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very confused. excited. I've seen the preview copy of the book. Uh, held it in my hands at Walt Disney World, so you can't get much better but than with, that. But with
0: gloves. He had gloves on. He wasn't allowed yeah, to touch it. I know. Yeah, and a diaper, just in case I got too excited. Just in case. Just in case. But yes, it's out now. It's on Amazon. You can look it up. It's on Barnes & Noble. There's even a limited edition signed hardcover that you can get from BambooForestPublishing.com that Rolly and I will both sign, and it will be numbered. There's only 500 of them being made, and we sold a lot of them sold so far. Uh, Yay. So if you want one, probably should get it soon. Just saying. Yep. Just so here. that's that that's why this is a roly themed episode. Oh yes. So let's jump right in and learn a little bit about some stuff that Roly had his hands in. It's time
1: for dizzy history.
0: So in the early 1960s, there was a tiki culture, like, extravaganza. It was all over the place in America, including the living rooms of people everywhere. Like, literally, people loved tiki stuff, I don't know why, it was just everywhere. But Walt Disney recognized this, and he decided "Ah, he was gonna ride that tiki wave. So he came up with the idea for the Enchanted Tiki Room, which would find its home in the first building on the left as you entered Adventureland.
1: Uh, probably a lot of people have already heard this but the original concept was uh for a dinner show john hench had drawn the initial concept sketch which showed birds all around the dining area chirping to people eating below what was initially turned off to this idea uh we can't have that he said the birds will poop in people's food
0: which is a pretty good uh explanation i think i mean exactly i would be concerned about that too but I was. I, I would have been. I would have not eaten there if there were real birds over my head, because that'd be kind of gross. Well, if there was if there was bottoms of their cages. I would I would. Eat that there. would have been okay, but yeah, anyway. okay. Anyway. Anyway. So Hench explained that the birds wouldn't be real, but they would be audio animatronics. So Walt kind of took this idea and he just ran with it, and he developed this entire dinner dinner show concept around these chirping birds, and the construction on it began pretty quickly after that. Eventually, though it was decided that the dinner show concept, it wouldn't really work so well because they were afraid people wouldn't want to leave and they'd hang around after their dinner was over to watch the show, causing, you know, the people who want to get in not to be able to get in. So the idea was turned from a dinner show into just a show, even though there's some concepts of uh, the dinner show still remaining, but we'll get into that later. So the show opened
1: in June 1963 to rave reviews. It was fun, timely, mainly due to the, the Tiki culture obsession. The, the real significance of the whole show was the advancement of the audio-animatronic technology. Through uh, Though other attractions such as Nature's Wonderland and the Jungle Cruise were already using some form of animatronic, those were all simple, monotonous motions uh, from uh, you know a few ways away from what we've seen now. But the Tiki Room had the animatronics right in front of people's faces by just a few
0: feet. Now, the original version of the show was 17 minutes long, but uh, in later years, it was cut down to about 15. It features over 200 moving birds, drumming tiki gods, singing flowers, and a lot more. And the centerpiece of the room was a fountain that uh, shoots water up in the air, along with the birdmobile that descends from the ceiling for a few of the musical numbers.
1: The fountain actually still holds a storage compartment in it for when it was originally going to be a coffee station for the restaurant. The songs included the infectious, the infectiously, not infectious, it wasn't disease, the infectiously catchy Tiki 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 Room, written by the Sherman Brothers, the Hawaiian War Chant, and the sing-along, let's all sing like the birdies sing. What do the birds on Twitter do?
0: They tweet, 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 tweet. (laughs) So... Hosting the festivities were Jose, Fritz, Michael, and Pierre, the four hilarious audio animatronic birds of varying international heritage, voiced by such Disney legends as Wally Bogue and Thurl Ravenscroft. Uh, the host birds, along with the rest of the Tiki Room inhabitants, are incredibly lifelike, uh, thanks to their varied motions and the actual real feathers that were on every bird. Mm. Um... Their chests are actually covered in a custom-woven cashmere, which allows the figures to breathe, quote-unquote, in a very lifelike manner. And that was actually accidentally found out by uh, Harriet Burns when she noticed uh, a cashmere sweater that Walt Disney was wearing one day in a planning meeting, how it moved at the elbows, and that was exactly how the engineers envisioned the, the birds to move. So she kind of took that idea and ran with it.
1: You never know. Yep. You never know. Crazy. Well, when the Enchanted Tiki Room first opened, guests couldn't use the ticket from their ticket books to see it. They needed a separate 75-cent tiki ticket, which I love that. Great name. Um, Great name. However, by the mid-60s, this was changed, and guests were charged an e-ticket to see the show. United took over the sponsorship from 1964 to 1973, followed by Dole Pineapple from 1976 onward. Since the entire show was controlled by computers, and they needed to keep it from overheating— it was also the first building at Disneyland that was fully air conditioned. I just yes. assume they fed everybody Dole whips.
0: Well, I don't think Dole whips existed back then yet. Did they?
1: Nah, no, probably oh, wasn't until no. the mid
0: '80s. To the TARDIS, let's go find out. Uh, that's another Disney history. Oh yeah. Okay, so to have the Titus into Rolly Crump very easily, I, I will say. Rolly was actually in that initial meeting when the Tiki Room first came up uh, as the dinner show. And as time went on, he was eventually tasked with creating the Tiki Gods that you see during the pre-show at Disneyland. So he researched all these Polynesian Gods and uh, started to design how he thought they should look. And there's actually a couple of cute stories, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, in the book, which I won't ruin here, about how uh, uh, some of the Tiki Gods came to be, including Maui, which is a really funny story, actually. But Rolly was also charged with sculpting the actual figures themselves because Blaine Gibson, who was the resident sculptor, was a little bit too busy, you know, with everything else going on at uh, Disneyland at the time. So, all the tiki's that you see out there today were actually sculpted by Rolly himself with a fork from the cafeteria of (laughs) Wed, which is pretty awesome if if you ask me. Um, That's pretty cool. He also designed the bird mobile that comes down from the ceiling, along with uh, all the birds that are on top of it as well. He pretty much had his hands all over the project, which led him to being a sort of a design god in the tiki culture circles today.
1: (laughs) And the Enchanted Tiki Room, of course, is still well-loved by guests all over the world. In fact, when the show was changed to Walt Disney World, there was such an outcry that it returned to its original form, mostly in time for Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary. But the original Disneyland hasn't changed all that much, despite it being cut by two minutes and going undergoing a major refurb in 2005.
0: He's a nerd he's a, nerd. He's a, geek. He's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his beat. It's George's book of the week.
1: I've been waiting a really, really, really long time to review Jeff's book, and I've made him leave the studio for this one. Uh, it's a simple two-word review it stinks don't buy oh wait a minute. wait, I'm wait whoa back. Sorry. whoa whoa no i was talking about all those other disney books that have been published before oh how they all, all just kind all of stink them? Every, all single of them? every single one of like, them every single one except for the ones by jeff Curdy. okay all well, right we'll leave that one as is so but anyways we're just going to talk about it's kind of a cute story uh Rolly crump's life story as told to jeff heimbuck you know it's one of the things that we've noticed uh, with the digital age, has been the proliferation of ebooks, self published memoirs, you name it. And since I am a public librarian, uh, I've seen this explosion firsthand, and I know that there's a lot to wade through when you start looking at books where people are writing. Uh, Disney enthusiasts and historians have really reaped the benefits of the ease of self and small publishing. We've seen memoirs more from vanity press style print runs that are like a thousand copies or less to the ease and ability of our modern times so we've seen this huge switch this is good and bad uh, many self-published titles don't go through the rigorous process of editing and proofreading which is very very important yes no it is no matter how crazy it drives you over and over and over again so when a book comes out that shines and raises the bar like it's kind of a cute story has you really need to pay attention to it In the interest of full disclosure, the author of this book is my (laughs) co-host on this show.
0: Oh, is he really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we've got to get that out there. Uh, Also a writing partner. We work on lots of projects together. Uh, I've been involved with the project with proofreading. That's about it. You know, I'd like to say I helped him. He wouldn't have been able to do it without me. But honestly, well, I guess it was moral support. There was a lot of moral support. I'll definitely say that. Yeah. I've read at least two drafts of the book and looked at the proofs, which were amazing. Um, This is still an honest and non-sugar-coated review. You're going to have to believe me on that one. So uh, sort of what I said earlier, and I've said plenty of times, this book is going to change the face of small press and self-publishing. People are going to look at this book and realize they have to do better. Uh, On the surface, it's kind of a cute story as a collection of anecdotes detailing the life and art of Rolly Crump. Roly was an animator and an imagineer and an artist and he is a Disney legend. And in this book we see the man as he grew as an artist throughout his amazing career. The tales are well-crafted, charming, and heartwarming. Uh, you run into a lot of the usual characters in the Disney world and some of the stories are as spectacular as Roly's art. Uh, this memoir was created without the blessing of the Disney company. Rolly never skewers anyone, but he also never really pulls any punches. So when he, really re- when he relates a story to you, it's Rolly's story. And you know it hasn't been changed by anybody. Th- this book is gorgeous. Bamboo Forest Publishing worked with several graphic designers to create a stunning work. Uh, Roley is a visual artist. And Jeff and Leonard at Bamboo Forest Publishing made sure that the book reflects Rolly in every way. The colors, the layout, and the images all scream Rolly, uh, which is kind of a fun thing to hear somebody scream. But anyways, uh, <laughs> it, it, it truly is, it really is a pleasure to hold this book in your hands. Um, the stories that were all related to Jeff by Rolly offer a tremendous amount of insight into the man his art and the Disney company. We meet all the big names in the company, and Roley lets us know unequivocally how he felt about them. Some people he loved, some people he detested. And then there's the person he worshipped. The section on Walt Disney was truly one of my favorite parts of the book. You learn a lot about what it was like to work for Walt. And if you read a lot of biographies or what other people have said about Walt, you get the feeling that a lot of people were yes men for Walt. And it wasn't that Rolly wasn't, but Rolly was his own man. And he didn't seem to care, well he did care, but he was more into creating his artwork. And he didn't go head-to-head with Walt, but you know, Walt really respected him, you can tell. And this book, as I've said twice in the review already, is going to change the way books are published in my mind. It's a step above everything that we've seen in the Disney field. Uh, and it's, it's what books need to shoot for from now on and anybody who listens to this show or watches this on YouTube needs to buy a copy of it not just to support Jeff but to support Rolly and the amazing contributions that he made to Disneyland and the Disney company overall and the book is called It's Kind of a Cute Story uh, Rolly Crump's life story is told to Jeff Heimbach Sometimes it's a one! Sometimes it's
0: so in keeping with the rolly spirit, we even have a Crump-inspired bathroom break. So at the Enchanted Tiki Room at Disneyland, there's a sort of uh, secret restroom that most folks don't know about. Like we talked about earlier, the attraction was originally going to be a restaurant, and though that obviously changed, the planned restrooms were still built. They're actually- they're located in the queue area, um... So once you go into turnstile, go up the steps that you would use to actually enter the show, but turn to the left. They're actually on that left-hand side there. It's tucked away, so you really never notice it when you enter the theater, but now you know it's there, and now you can use them. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat!
1: <laughs> the Haunted Mansion, Uh, which is arguably one of the greatest theme park attractions of all time, holds a few five-legged goats that pay tribute to Rolly Crump. First is the recently added box just outside the Haunted Mansion queue on the left-hand side. It's addressed to Silas Crump of Gracie Manor. This obviously pays tribute to Rolly and Yale Gracie, who worked together on the initial ideas for the Haunted Mansion.
0: In the new interactive queue, uh, there's also a pretty great tribute to him as well. Kind of like the whimsical gravestones that are throughout the queue that pay tribute to the other Imagineers, there's a new crypt that they added to the end that pays tribute to Rolly, and it actually reads, While Brother Roland here reposes, his soul's above, one supposes.
1: Well, thanks so much for watching and
0: listening. Yeah, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. And you can always email us at CommuniCorpsWeekly at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Weekly. And follow us on Twitter
1: at Imagineerding and at Jeff Heimbach. I'm George.
0: And I'm Jeff. And we're from Mice Chat thanks so much for watching and be sure to pick up a copy of the book it's kind of a cute story now available everywhere you can even walk into a bookstore and buy it how easy or, is that or two copies or two copies maybe hey it's going to be christmas soon guys yes christmas hanukkah birthdays Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, fourth new of Year's. july happy new year oh that's a great president's day, day too thanksgiving day Give all it to our your holidays, honey. Valentine's Day, yeah, all those. Well, well, the
1: point is, buy one for yourself yes. and geek it forward.
0: Yes, geek it forward. That's good. I like geek it. Geek it forward. In so all can, seriousness, though, well, bias aside, considering I was involved very heavily, it's a really gorgeous book, and Disney geeks are totally gonna enjoy it. So, if if you're into Disney stuff, which you probably are, because you're listening to us, you will really enjoy the book. Speaking of which, we'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly the greatest online show 3551